driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you also in part by Auto Tempest. You know what? If you're looking for a car with the crazy prices of cars these days, check out autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. That means you don't have to go to Auto Trader, eBay Motors, Carvana, True Car, Cars and Bids, and all those places that we all love, even Craigslist. We all love them. We could spend our whole lives there. But if you're looking for a car and you're absolutely serious and you're like, all right, I'm looking for this car. I wish there was a site that searched everything. Well, within reason. Autotempest.com does that. All the cars, one search. Check it out. Autotempest.com. BJ Colleen joining us with a little bit of news to start the show. BJ, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Mr. Good. Allen? I'm doing okay. I got Brian Moody coming up next from Auto Trader. But listen to this. He tells me that for the first time in the history of the world and cars, he says that the uh, average price of the used car is at the highest point it has ever been. He's going to share that with us. I'm telling you, it's crazy. There's no way to be able to figure out what is going on in this world. We got Afghanistan going on. We got the pandemic going on. I got 50 pounds of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I take the stuff till I got diarrhea coming out. Oh, did I just, did I say that? I said that. My apologies. Yeah, too much information here, I think. Uh, you keep that last part to yourself. But, you know, you're absolutely right about the used vehicle prices. And, you know, we all know it's because of the chip shortage. And something I learned over the past two weeks, take a guess, and I don't know if we had this discussion or not, take a guess how many chips are in the average F-150. How many well, chips do you think? Are we talking about between the seat, the Lay's potato chips in my truck? No, no, not chips you eat, but the microchips <laughs> oh, the in the truck, the shortage. There's plenty of Lay's potato chips around. We're good there. I was going to say, Thank all goodness. over the floor in the back seat, if I got the grandkids, chips everywhere. Yeah, you okay. step on them. So yeah, you know. how many electronic chips are in the average F-150? I don't know, five? Try 1,100. <laughs> what? I had no idea, and I heard this right from Ford, oh. and I'm like, Oh, my God. Gosh. That's why there's a shortage. Because how many F-150s are they building? You go to Detroit, and there are F-150s parked everywhere at every wow. Ford building. I saw them parked at the mall. They, they just have, because they're making them, but they can't put the chips in them. So, I mean, as soon as we get some chips, people are going to get them delivered. But it's just a shortage. is absolutely astronomical. Well, it's I, crazy. I, I totally agree that it is astronomical. And I was looking at uh, one of our buddies posted something online. And a few people that are in the industry actually commented. And one guy started talking about the fact that one of the, the biggest chip makers had a gigantic fire. And they, I guess, make like uh, uh, 85% of the chips. And, of course, yep. then there was a big drought in Asia, and, and it takes tons of water to make these, not tons, tons of gallons of water, if you know what I'm saying, to make these chips because I, I guess they make them in water somehow, whatever it is. But he was going through all of the reasons why. And the, the situation boils down to that this one chip maker that had a huge fire is not going to be really back online for another year or two. So I wonder how long this is going to continue. You know what I mean? I don't know. I know that the head of Ford, Andrew Frick, was telling us uh, that uh, it's a factory in Malaysia. 
and they're responsible for about a half a million chips or something ridiculous, some number. And so we were asking him, well, why aren't you just building a factory here? You know, instead of the Malaysian, he said that the cost to produce would be prohibitive against what they're making on it. So right. it's much less expensive. But, you know, when something like that happens, it's just how widespread it is. I mean, you know, you heard that Volvo cut production, right. Toyota's cut production, like what, 60%. They all Volvo have stopped to. the factory. Yeah. You know, matter of fact, uh, you know, Mark Recton, don't you? He's I, I'm absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yep. He, he actually writes this for some reason. Chip makers feel the American Southwest is a great place to put manufacturing plants in 2015. Intel's chip factories used four times the amount of water as the city of London. Wow. <laughs> For that factory. Wow. Right? So, I mean, when I say a lot of water, it's obviously a lot of water. Anyway, well, so yes, if you are wondering, you know, what's going on, we're trying to shed some light on why you drive. I drove by the uh, Oldsmobile. No, Oldsmobile's out of business. Uh, who, who, who is it? Was it the GMC? Buick? Buick, thank you. Buick GMC dealer. It used to be Oldsmobile, but that's gone. They had, I, I counted them for my wife. The entire car lot had five new cars the rest were all used cars and they're they're paying top dollar for them all right stay with us we're going to take a little break you're listening to the drive all across america and if you're looking for a car check out autotempest.com all the cars one search be right back shopping cars online is a hassle or is it you probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com, all the cars, one search. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America. That was the sound of the Ford F-150 Lightning warming its little electric self up. I guess BJ, she says, I got a ride in that electric beast from Ford. BJ, so you know I showed it on ABC, um, and everybody was like, what? What? Because, you know, it looks like a regular old F-150. And I said, you know, I'm so glad Ford's doing this because... You know, leave it to Ford Motor Company with trucks to build a truck that looks like a truck that's electric. Now, that thing that Tesla is kind of showing the world has been for, I don't know, what, three years now doesn't exist. It's kind of vaporware. It doesn't exist. But it didn't it, it, it kind of look like a, a moon machine, not a truck that you can use as a truck. So uh, so what do you think about, uh, I mean, what was your flavor of driving that? Are you, were you going like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, all right, when's this going to be over? Or did you go, holy crap! It was the latter. <laughs> okay. Because this vehicle, this F-150 Lightning is, and, and they say it's like nothing you've ever driven or ridden in before, and I cannot, I, I absolutely, it's left me speechless. Really? You've got, this vehicle is just beyond amazing. First of all, whether you have the standard range or the extended range battery, right. you have 775 pound-feet of torque. And obviously, electric vehicle, 100% of that torque is available from the minute you launch. And I'm telling you, 
you can feel the G-forces push you back in the seat. Right. It's like being in a mini rocket on the ground. I, wow. I, I was like, oh, my God. But there were some expletive words in there in addition to, oh, my God, because <laughs> right. it was just mind-blowing how fast this vehicle was off the line. As a matter of fact, this thing is so crazy, and it's got such good press, and it's really doing well, that Ford actually had a target of about 40,000 models. They bumped it up to 80,000 because the demand is absolutely off the charts. Wow. Everybody loves the idea. You know, not only that, you, it's a great truck into itself because it is an F-150, but without the engine under the hood, you now have something called a mega power frunk or a front trunk. Right. And you can lock it. But inside, you've got a USB-C, you've got a USB, you've got four power points that can power ridiculous amounts of, I mean, we had a fan plugged in. And there was a saw plugged in, and, and we had a, a cement mixer, my, you know, a portable cement mixer. Right, right. It was amazing what this thing can power. Yeah, it runs a whole job site. If you're a construction worker, this is exactly what they want. Oh, yeah. it, it's just incredible. And then you've got it underneath where you kind of like what the Honda Ridgeline has, where you can load it up with the soda cans and make it cool. Oh, right. Or you like can put fridge, dirty boots yeah. in there and still hose out that yeah. trunk. I mean, it's just. A wet, a wet area, yeah, and, dirty place, oh. yeah. No, oh, it's, yeah, but, but the nice thing crazy. is too, if you didn't know, you would just go, "Oh, look, there's the new F one fifty. You know, it it just looks a little bit more, you know, updated is all. But you would never yep. imagine because that's what I did on TV. I know you haven't seen it because you were traveling, but right. I, I went, "Let me show you under the hood. Look at this engine. Whoa, there's no engine!" And they're like, "What?" <laughs> right? And because it's the frunk, the front trunk, and so I think. This is going to be a massive seller for Ford Motor Company. And you know what? When I said that if there's a hurricane or something, this thing can power your house, everybody went, what? And that's kind of the, you know, the jaw opening, you know, aha moment of, listen, if I use my truck for my job and I live in small town USA, which, you know, my daughter, her average day is under 40 miles. So she has a plug-in electric uh, Pacifica, the minivan, right? And she got a thousand miles out of her first tank of gas. So she's like, dad, I could do electric, man. I could do electric because I don't even hardly need to have it. I'm like, yeah, I go. And you're only going 40 miles. I said, these things, what is that thing? You can get like as much as 500 miles, I think, or something like that. It's up to 300 with the extended battery. That's what it is. Okay. I can't. Okay. So you know what? I was just thinking of a couple of the other electric cars that are getting up to 500 miles now, but I think you're going to see as they continue creating these uh, batteries, which Listen, the jury is still out, you know, because of mining and doing all the stuff. What does it actually you know, take to create all these batteries? But then the other side of the argument is, yes, but they can recycle them. So there's still a lot of controversy about electric vehicles. But when you can start to get 500 miles or even 400 miles, 300 is, is okay. I want to see, you know, 400 miles range on an electric vehicle. Then I, I feel like, but- you know what, I could do that. You know what? The Ford is actually building, going to start building their own batteries at a place called Ion Park that they made outside of Romulus, which is in Romulus, which is close to the airport in right, Detroit. But, right. you know, it's great that other vehicles can do it. But, you know, the F-150 has to be a truck. Right. It can tow 10,000 pounds. Right. It can it can, it can can have a, like a 2,000-pound payload right, up to right. 2,000 pounds. And there's something on board that lets you know exactly how much payload is on board. That's it's awesome. It's just brilliant, brilliant all the way around. Yep. I mean, they're, they're just geniuses. I still want to see 500-mile range. All right, we'll take a break and be right back with some more. Divides, multiply and five. 
Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Brembo, the choice of champions, Brembo Brakes. You can buy Brembo at buybrembo.com. BJ Colleen joining us, automotive journalist extraordinaire. We've been talking about the, uh, of course, the electric F-150. You know, there's so much controversy about, you know, batteries. Because one guy made a good point. He's like, you know what? The battery doesn't make energy. It stores energy. So it still takes energy to make energy to store in the battery. So the, the question is, you know, what... What what is cleaner, a battery electric car, or is a you know today's con- internal combustion gasoline engines? Because if you think about what it takes to make electricity and store electricity, and all the machines and the mining and the machines that are doing the mining of the ore and creating all the you know, factories, and you know it's like you got that's all got to be weighed into it. And then somebody says yes. But there are so fewer parts on an electric machine. So you take an internal combustion engine and there's like, you know, everything and pistons and rods and crankshafts and engines and blocks and, you know, and cylinder heads and radiators. And he goes on and on and on. He goes, you know, if you got to take into consideration all those things, somebody needs to do the science one day on what takes less energy to create. So I don't know. Well, Truthfully, it's a, I just don't I, know. I don't either. But you know what's interesting? Because, you know, everything has a trickle-down effect. I mean, everybody's like, you know, the telephone operators all lost their jobs when we didn't need them anymore. And things like electric vehicles, I've heard some chatter now from dealerships as far as servicing goes. Because, you know, the majority of service are oil changes and engine tune-ups and, right. and things like that. And right. if you have none of those things, then the dealerships aren't making any money on them. So what are they going to be making money on? Are there going to be mechanics anymore or right. is it just going to be, you know, and then how about no more accidents if we're all driving, you know, self-driving cars that have intelligence to and avoid smart accidents. Smart roads and body stuff. Shops. I know. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's a, you know, there's more than, yeah, electric vehicles are great. Let's do this. There's a whole infrastructure that goes with this that, you know, it's going to have to change over. So personally, like I said, I like hydrogen, but I also am interested in how Porsche is doing with the e-fuel, where they're making their own fuel. So you're not mining it from fossil fuels, and mm. we don't have to build a pipeline or whatever else it is. So it's 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 so deep, you know, that's yeah. the biggest problem. Well, we'll find out. Time will continue on, and people will start to gather their own personal data and make their own decisions. And that's what America's best for is freedom of choice you know so sometimes we, and, well and here's the thing though we're we're choosing to stay in america right now because it's so hard to travel so you know rv sales are through the roof campgrounds yep. are full up all the time you try and go somewhere and try and oh no we're booked we're booked oh, we're booked that day too oh we're, we're booked that week oh we're booked for the next couple of months 
So it's it's hard because everybody is moving about the country, even cautiously with their masks and whatever else they're dealing with. But it's really changing our country in so many ways that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting if you start looking at things. People are moving back home where they feel more comfortable in small town USA. You've been in New York. I was in New York. It was actually kind of nice in New York because there wasn't so much traffic, you know? It's it was- getting there, but you're absolutely right. You know, it, it only took like 45 minutes to get from Manhattan to JFK. Right. So I'm like, that never happens. Right. So it's amazing. But but you had, by the way, you were talking about the New York Auto Show a little bit and some of the cars. We talked a little bit about this last week, but I know you wanted to talk about the new Genesis, which I think Genesis is a freaking awesome car. Seriously. So what do you got? Yeah. Yeah, Genesis is doing well. They've got five models now for sale. Again, they're still selling through their concierge service because they don't have any standalone dealerships yet. Right, right. And if you want one, you got to go to Hyundai, but they'd rather you call the concierge. But they really are trying to stay on top of things. And last week, in lieu of the auto show, because I think you know everybody knows that the show right, got canceled, right. that they still introduced some things. And I think this is what they were going to show at the auto show was the new GV60. And this is their SUV, but this is their first electric vehicle based on a dedicated EV platform. Wow. And it's interesting because Genesis is very upscale and looks very luxury oriented. Yeah. And then they bring out this GV60 and it's in like this lime green chartreuse color. Oh. Well, you're like, what? <laughs> and everybody's like, what? And then the interior is like a blue leather, which is actually the interior is stunning. And the exterior looks good, but it's just like this is a weird color choice for them. Yeah. So well, that could you be. Why they, mean it. they do it? They do it to be kind of like shocking, right? Shock jock. When I was in New York, a friend of mine picked me up in his new Cadillac. I thought it was a Cadillac, kind of the mid-sized Cadillac SUV, and it was white with a light, real light tan or a gray leather XC, interior. XC6, XC4. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was one of those. And so we got in and I go, I go, look at you driving a Cadillac. And the guy goes, Cadillac? I wouldn't buy that. He goes, this is a Genesis GV80. And I, I went, wait a minute. Wait, what? Because <laughs> it kind of had a Cadillac grill. And I, I just kind of glanced, right? First glance, I thought it was a Cadillac. And then I looked and I go, this is really nice. And I got to tell you, the funny thing was, BJ, it must have been five times we got stopped by people wanting to know about that vehicle. So Genesis, I think they're doing a great job. The cars are beautiful. Um, You know, you you just you just got to if you can find one, take one for a test drive. (laughs) BJ, thank you. Good health to you. Appreciate it. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk to my buddy Brian Moody. And he's got the average price of used cars right now. The list price is the highest it's ever been in history. And what new cars are selling for over MSRP? And how much percentage over? You're not going to believe this. You're listening to The Drive. We'll be right back. Best off if you hang outside. Don't come in. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. 
Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru and the new Outback. Go where love takes you. Subaru. Ryan Moody is now joining us. He's the executive editor at autotrader.com. Autotrader, where you can find out what your vehicle is worth by seeing what other people are selling theirs for. And then put it for sale there. That's how I'll describe it. Is that okay, Brian? Can, can I do that? <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Well, well I you always... Hear, you hear that, Alan? They're not booing. They're chanting Moody. Yeah, they, Moody. that's what you hear it that? was. Moody. I, I know you think they were booing, but they're not booing. <laughs> they're not booing. Yeah, I actually tell people all the time, I go, you know what? Find out what your car is worth by seeing what other people are selling theirs for. That's, yeah. you know, and with Auto Trader, yeah. there's so many of them. And uh, you can really right. get an idea. There's like here, there's like seven Suburbans, 2008, whatever it is. Right. And you'll see, all right, well, th- there's my car. What are they asking for it? And, you know, at least you're not, you know. In similar condition. Similar condition. Right. Similar right. miles. Like you can always go in there and use a pricing tool. You can use Kelly Blue Book. You can use, you know, there's other ways that you can price your car. But you're depending on, you know, if that's your only source, okay, that's fine. But did you put in the right condition right. when you put it in? Like, because everyone thinks their car is excellent. Yep. Well, that can't be right because <laughs> exactly. you know when you go in and look at the car in person, you're like, wait a minute, this looks like it has, you know, like it's it's been through a salt bath. You know what I, I so, noticed though? You, you know, guys, you don't have a place where you can click it that says under condition, which at the very bottom should be should be purified by fire, which is usually the condition <laughs> of my wife's cars. <laughs> Anyway, hey, by the way, I know one of these segments we want to yeah. talk about this because I've, I've written down the notes that you gave me here. Average used car price. We're not going to give it out here. It will blow your mind. I'm telling you. And, and this is the, yeah. the highest ever. And the thing about, uh, you know, what Auto Trader has is the data because they have so many vehicles listed for sale and selling and dealers selling their cars. But I want to start with this is very interesting. The new, what did you call it? The, the new cars that are being sold. And so the transactions that are taking place that yeah. are actually selling over the manufacturer's suggested retail price, MSRP. So the window sticker. And right. so Brian's got a list. Right. Talk about data. So what are those cars? So basically, I mean, there's actually, I have a, I have a really long list. We don't have time to go through the whole list. But, but the bottom line here is if you're buying a new car, if you're buying an SUV, or a pickup or a minivan, it's sticker price or above. That's where we are. Right. Now, if you're buying a sedan or a hatchback, okay, there may be some wiggle room or a convertible, maybe, depending on. And here's the thing. I'll give you some examples right here. They are not all luxury cars. Now, the first one is a luxury car, and that's the Mercedes-Benz G-Class. So the G-Wagon, average transaction price is selling for 117% of MSRP. So that means people are paying 17 on average, including incentives and all that kind of stuff, 17% over full sticker price for a Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon. Wow. But then the next car below it in terms of price and and above MSRP is the Kia Telluride, which is (laughs) selling for 107.8% of MSRP. So people are on average paying 8% over sticker price for a Kia Telluride. And the same is true with the Kia Carnival, 106% of MSRP. So so in the top three, there's Mercedes-Benz, Kia, Kia, and after that, it's Hyundai Palisade, Honda Ridgeline, Land Rover Defender, Honda CRV, and Cadillac Escalade. 
so you see what a what a crazy mix there is, right? So yeah. like if you take the Honda Ridgeline, there's nothing wrong with the Honda Ridgeline. It's a perfectly fine mid-sized truck. Right. In my opinion, it's nothing special, but it does the job, and it does the job of pickup trucks that most Americans really need. Most Americans don't need a full-size Silverado. Right. What they really need is something like the Ridgeline. Well, that Ridgeline is average transaction price 105% of full MSRP. So people are paying 5% over sticker to get a Honda Ridgeline. That is amazing to me. And now, of course, yeah, you've got Ford coming out with a kind of a small, what is the little truck that they're coming out with? It's kind of a car The Maverick. The Maverick. I drive the Gladiator, which is a truck version of the Jeep. Okay, and when I say right. that, now Jeep has got so many things, even with the Grand Wagoneer and the, the Grand uh, Cherokee. and But still, when I think mm-hmm. of a Jeep, I think of a Wrangler. But there's other vehicles out there on the market that are, like you said, the Ridgeline, it's nice. I always thought, to me, it was a little cumbersome, the way the body was shaped, kind of high bedside, on you know, close to the cab, really high. You know, and you can't yeah. obviously can't reach in there because it's too high. That's that wedge shape that I think that Tesla was talking about doing their truck. But I think there's well, so what's many. What's crazy is so this list of cars that are selling for well over MSRP it yeah. includes Honda Ridgeline, Honda CRV, and then cars like Honda Odyssey, Nissan Versa, yeah, Toyota Tacoma, GMC Yukon. Like these are not. I can see with the G Class. And I can see it with the Defender, and I can see it with the Range Rover Sport. You know, I mean, those are luxury cars. If you're already spending $100,000, well, what's 3% more? You just want the car you want. But for the Nissan Versa to be on a list and the Nissan Kicks to be on a list where people are paying 2 3 4% over sticker price, that's something. And one of the things driving this is how many there are on the dealer's lot. So um, not many. Right, so this is a good point because if you guys have been like me and noticing that the dealer lots are empty, matter of fact, I went mm-hmm. by a Toyota dealer the other day and I literally, I thought, do I even see a Toyota on there? Yeah, I thought, oh, there's one, there's one. But it was a wide array of every kind of used car they could buy at the auction, including a couple Toyotas, but they're not getting cars. Ford isn't getting cars. GMC over here in the Cadillac dealer, not getting cars. And it's all this chip problem, I I guess, where they're not getting the chips for all the electronics. So it's really interesting what's going on, which leads us to the next segment we should get to, which is after the commercial break, of course, the average used car list price is the highest in history. And uh, Brian Moody's going to tell us all about it on the other side. And it's shock. The number is shocking. This is across the board, the average used car list price. What is it? We'll find out on the other side. Brian Moody from autotrader.com. It was easy to tell. It was love from above that could save me from hell. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback gives you state-of-the-art active safety technology for extra confidence on every drive. You can count on the roomy comfort and impressive cargo space, standard raised roof rails with enhanced tie-down points, and Subaru Starlink Multimedia with an 11.6-inch high-resolution touchscreen to wrap your experience with love for your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo models. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models. (laughs) 
Well, this is The Drive all across America and around the nation because of the interwebs. And you can find our show at all types of podcasting places. But this is a radio program on a lot of radio stations nationwide, almost 100 radio stations. Thanks to all of our affiliates for going on. Gosh, I've been doing this show in one one name or another, whether it was Car and Driver Magazine Radio for a while, Motor Trend for a while. But it's been The Drive now for about six years. and uh, But I've been on the air for... Uh, next year will be 30 years talking about cars. Can you imagine that, Brian Moody? 30 years talking about cars, and oh I never my. shut up. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Oh, it's crazy. Average used car list price. You ready for this, everybody? And you, nobody would get this one right. What is it, Brian? It's over $25,000 for the first time ever. So the average God. list price. Now, what we are talking about before was the average transaction price, meaning pretty close to the price people are writing the check for or getting the loan for, however you want to say that. Right. This is the list price, so the asking price listed by individuals and dealers, and that average asking price for a used car is now $25,101. For the first time in history. And that's up $600 from just last month, and it's actually up $5,000 from a, a year previous. Wow. And this is basically just wow. demand. Right. So a friend of mine, and, and this is a perfect example, a friend of mine has a 2008 Cadillac Escalade ESV, which is the long wheelbase. The uh, big one, yeah. Yeah, the big, beautiful. It's pearl white with this chiffon leather interior, you know, four captain's chairs and a third row. It's got the um, two television sets that fold down out of the ceiling, you know, for the second. Or it's got the, the decadence package. The, yeah, basically it's got everything, right? A heated steering wheel. It gives you great Poupon mustard with a little knife. It just kind of comes out of the center console. I'm lying right there. <laughs> but it was a beautiful car, 89,000 miles. And for a 2008, what is that now? That's uh, so at 18, 20, it's, it's 13 years old, right? That's an yeah, old 12, vehicle. 13 years old, yeah. Right? 12, 12, 13, whatever it is. It is, and, yeah. Right? But th- those things are 100 grand now, right? They're 100,000 bucks yeah, if they're a nickel. Easily. So, right, they could be 110 even. Now, this thing looks like brand new. It's been garaged its whole life. It's been serviced at the dealer where it was purchased, which is right in the middle of town, two miles from where the guy lived. And it's been in a, a heated garage. He's got one of those fancy car garages where he puts oh, wow. three, three cars in there, you know, carpeted floors and everything. This car is yeah. like brand new. So the guy calls me, goes, what do you think it's worth? It books for 16. I go, 16? That thing's got to be worth 26. He goes, oh, no, no, no. It's it's like 16 and 18 on the retail side. I go, dude, have you checked out the market? And first of all, where are you going to find that? And we had this big argument. <laughs> and yeah. I think I'm more right than he is because he's looking at the book. Sometimes the book is just kind of a guide. you got to look at AutoTrader. What are they selling for? And i got to tell you, this if is- If you have something rare, right. like what you're talking about, right. you could be right. Yeah. Well, because first of all, I mean, it doesn't look any different- 2008 to 2015, I think, is the same body style. So it doesn't look much different, and they didn't even change them that much to today's modern Escalade. So if you just want a really nice car, 89,000 miles, that's nothing. That's nothing on today's cars. Matter of fact, I believe it was you that told me one of the most driven cars for over 200,000 miles was the Chevy Suburban, which is what? AKA a, a, yeah, a Cadillac yeah, Escalade. Same exact, thing. same exact thing. 
over Tahoes 200. And suburbans. You I go thought, on Auto Trader and you find 300,000 mile Tahoes and Suburbans right. all day long. There you go. And so here it is, 89,000 miles. Somebody's cared for it. I literally thought to myself, you know what? This is something I would buy. I don't care. 89,000 miles is nothing. People are also accepting things with a lot more miles than they ever thought. Because first of all, well, the average yeah. here. Let me tell you this: the okay. average for these used cars we're talking about, yep. these average cars that are listing for twenty-five. We don't, we don't know what they're selling for, but we know what they're listing for: twenty-five right. one hundred one average listing price. On average, these vehicles have sixty-eight thousand miles on them. So eighty-nine is like right within that right. window. Exactly, it's not that far. Exactly, and so. I don't know. The market is so wackadoodle right now, and it isn't yeah. going to stay like this forever. You're not going to see people paying over window sticker. I wanted to buy a Telluride. My wife, that is the one car she wanted. We could not find anything anywhere for less than 5000 over window sticker. And so, and then we're talking $55,000 or whatever it was. And I thought, you know what? Right. I'm going to yeah. wait a couple years. Now it's been a year and they're even more expensive, but it's because of this strange bubble because of the. Uh, and most of this has to do with the supply. So the right. average dealer supply, there's a term called day supply, meaning how many cars they have on their lot. How many days could they keep selling this car if no new ones came? The average is they have a 60-day supply. That's typically been how it is. Right. Okay, so think the average is they could sell cars for 60 days if no new ones came. Right. Okay, let me just give you some of what the day supply is on some of these cars, right? For the Kia Carnival, the minivan, the day supply is 11. They could sell cars for 11 days if no new ones come. The average is it's typically 60. And the rent for keeps going For a Honda Ridgeline, yeah. 16. There you go. For the Telluride? 26. So that this is this is why the prices of used cars are going up because the supply of new cars isn't there and everyone thinks well I'll just go and get a used car. Well everybody's thinking that. But isn't it interesting that out of these cars you just gave that right at the very top a Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon which I got to admit the new one is mm -hmm. is even though it looks very similar it's to the old cool. one, it really is nice. It's wider, it's yeah. more luxurious. And so there's also probably a glut of the older ones on the market right now, but this new one 17% over MSRP is is crazy. That's that's some big money. And MSRP is about 173, 174. <laughs> I was going to say you're over 200 grand. Right? I know. It's like what? <laughs> yeah. But so that makes sense. But then the next one right behind that is the Telluride, right? Wasn't it the Telluride? Yep. Yep. Well, Telluride and then the Kia Carnival and then the Hyundai Palisade. Like these aren't the kind of cars that you go out Honda, Hyundai, Kia are not the ones you go out expecting to pay over sticker. I know. It's bizarre. So bizarre. All right. Brian yeah. has got another story, but these can all be found at autotrader.com, autotrader.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about an electric car made by a wonderful Swedish car company. We'll have to figure out who that is. Doesn't take much brain. Uh, that will pay for your electricity if you buy one of their cars. And Brian's going to give you the story on the other side. It is The Drive. Don't go anywhere. Stay with me. I love it. Love game intuition. Play the cards with space to start. And after he's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on his heart. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car, not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. 
Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Hey, and I'll be in uh, Houston for the Barrett-Jackson collector car auction, uh, middle of September, so uh, check it out. Um, yeah, it's an in-person auction. Uh, Barrett-Jackson.com. Check out the dates and the times and all the stuff. It's the first time in Houston. I was born in Houston. I know, I've been banned from the place since I was two years old. <laughs> Brian Moody's joining us. Oh, Brian, Brian, Brian. Okay. Two years old, that can't be right. <laughs> well, that's when I left anyway. Um, we moved from Houston to uh, Los Angeles. We live right near the airport in El Segundo. And uh, then we moved to Ventura, which is kind of on the coast towards Santa Barbara. And then I we, loved her. My brother lives there. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. And then uh, when I was I like, like 20 years old, my dad bought John Wayne's Ranch up in Oregon when John Wayne died. And I moved up to Oregon to visit my sister for a little while, and I have not gone back since. So Did 40 you find years. any cool John Wayne memorabilia? Not a damn thing. That's the bad part. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, we still have the place. Auction company was there before you. Yeah, exactly right. Okay, so there is a car company, and a lot of these car companies are going electric. Many of them, General Motors is said by, I don't know, what is it, like 2030, they're going to be all electric. and all. You know, we heard a lot of things. Who knows what the truth will be down the road? But for now, many of them are actually heading that direction. So uh, you got some news who somebody, one of these companies will pay for your electricity when you go charge? What's that? Yeah. So Volvo, if you buy one of their electric SUVs or one of their electric vehicles, they'll give you free charging. And it's not going to be forever, but for a time you get free charging. So basically think of it like, you know, think of it like it's probably going to be several months of free fuel. Right. So imagine if you were back in the day, you know how you would buy a, oh, or you buy this new Plymouth station wagon and we'll give you, you know, five Phillips for free or something like that. Right. Um, similar to that, yeah. but they're partnering with Electrify America. So when you go oh. and charge up your Volvo C40 or your Volvo XC40, I guess it is, the XC40 recharge, you can do it for free. What's interesting is Electrify America is partly owned by Volkswagen. Sure. So they're kind of joining forces to give free charging to people that buy one of their electric vehicles, specifically, I think, the SUVs. Well, you know what's interesting there is that, uh, of course, the biggest problem with any electric vehicle for many people for a few years since they've had some electric vehicles is the infrastructure, the charging or the refueling stations, okay? Tesla, as you know, they've got them all up and down I-5 corridor from, I think it is Los Angeles to Seattle, and yeah. so that way people could at least travel back and forth from, you know, Seattle, Los Angeles. But still, no matter what, in this Electrify America, I, I realize they're probably just trying to create a consciousness about their refueling stations, where they are and what have you. And so they're, they're willing to give away a little electricity to have them promote through Volkswagen and through, through Volvo. But still, a friend of mine made a really good point the other day. And look, at I'm not an electric car guy, but I'm, <laughs> I have to admit I'm being pulled in more and more with some of these vehicles. But I can go get gas in five minutes. I can fill my tank and have a 400-mile range versus until they figure out these charging stations that in five minutes will give you a 400-mile range, mm -hmm. you're, you're still – there's always going to be that little bit of anxiety of, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I, 
I don't have three hours or five hours or eight hours to charge. I to agree. Get, you know? I agree. So, it's the weakness of electric cars. Yeah. What Tesla has is they have their supercharging network, and you can basically get like an 80% charge in, let's say, 15 minutes. So 15 minutes is longer than it would take to gas up a car, but not if you have your family and you go use the restroom and you go buy some snacks and all that kind of stuff. So the other thing is, uh, this is why I think hydrogen has is going to be part of the solution because Toyota, Honda, and Hyundai have hydrogen fuel cell cars, and those take about five minutes to fill up, five right. to six minutes to fill up. Right. So similar in time to what it would take to fill up a gasoline-powered car, but the hydrogen car, it really is electric in terms of how it drives the car. The hydrogen converts to electricity, which drives the car. I think charging fully electric cars and the time it takes is definitely an Achilles heel that we haven't addressed. Yeah. Well, my daughter has got a, uh, I've been talking about this little minivan from uh, the, the Pacifica. It's a hybrid and it's a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, plug-in hybrid. So she plugs it in at night. She got a thousand miles out of her first tank of gas because she was plugging it in every night, but she doesn't go more than about 15 or 20 miles in any given trip unless she's going to go to Costco, which is 25 miles each way. And she can almost make it there and back before it'll, you know, start the engine and run on the engine. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. think they're getting there, and it gets, seems to get better every year, and God bless them for, uh, you know, trying. All right, Brian, they thank make you. make home charging faster. That's yep, exactly right. right. Uh, autotrader.com, you can find all these stories we just talked about. Average used car price list, over 25000 bucks. believe it or not. And uh, vehicles that are selling new for over MSRP. It's crazy. And a great job, Volvo, for giving away a little electricity. All right. We've got another hour right here on The Drive. Thanks again, Brian. Yep. Later. Be right back. Stay with us. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one. Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use AutoTempest instead. Find all the cars. AutoTempest.com. All the cars. One search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. So a couple of weeks ago, I was at Pebble Beach, the Pebble Beach Concours and the whole Monterey Car Week experience. And and it was a lot of fun. But you think to yourself when you see some of these cars that are literally priceless, where did they get all their parts to restore these things? It's just not easy, especially some of these oddball cars. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about Delahaye's and things like that. But I noticed this year they also had quite a few exotic cars. They're really starting to change things up at Pebble Beach and at the Quail, a motoring experience, and the Concorso Italiano, and then the Monterey Historics and the Prehistoric Races and all that. So during that weekend, I became keenly conscious 
of collector car parts. Now, I work with very closely the collector car network, which is classiccars.com, Auto Hunter, where you can auction off your car, and the Classic Car Journal. So more and more, I'm, I'm kind of getting back to my roots And my roots are working on cars, fixing up cars, having fun and loving these old pieces of machinery that are slowly being replaced by the electric cars, the self-driving cars, and the things that really don't have much to do with the guy behind the wheel, which maybe at some point there won't even be a wheel. Anyway, so uh, my friend Cindy Meidel, who is a, a PR person for a lot of these companies, she's, she's commenting and she goes, oh, you got to talk to my friend Chris Bright. He's the co-founder of CollectorPartExchange.com, and he's on the line with us right now. Chris Bright, what is going on, brother? Hey, I'm having a great day up here in Portland, Oregon. How are you doing? Oh, well, uh, have they put out the fires yet? Oh, that's uh, that's, that's an Oregon <laughs> yeah, joke. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we haven't had our big smoke event yet this year, but it's coming. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about the rioting and stuff. But you, you know what's oh, funny? Gosh. When you're there, it's, <laughs> it's probably... Subject. it's Yeah, it's not really the same. I mean, you guys know where not to go, but to the rest of the world, when they see the news about Portland, it's the whole entire city's on fire and people are rioting. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, not so much, I guess, right? No, no. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Portland's struggling just like any other city. Sure. All of the people aren't working in downtown and there's no business travel. So it's been a little rough for the downtown core. Right. But all of the troubles that you hear about are wildly exaggerated, in my opinion. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. But they're not good anyway. But no matter even, they get exaggerated just like everything. The size of the fish you catch, you, you know. So let's talk about uh, how did you get started in the collector part exchange, CPX, we're going to call it. Sure. Tell yeah. us about it. About a year and a half ago, I left a company that I had been a co-founder of. I've been a tech entrepreneur pretty much my entire professional career. Oh. And But I was also a car collector as well. I got my first car about 30 years ago. It was a Porsche 928, and I thought I was Tom Cruise in risky business. (laughs) And ever since then, I've always had interesting cars. For Honda Civic money, I bought this Porsche 928 and drove it as my daily driver and put 250,000 miles on it. (laughs) So, And actually, at the end, when I finally got rid of it, I went with my mechanic, and I only saw one mechanic the whole time. And we costed it out, and it actually was less per mile to run that car than it would have been a Honda Civic if I had bought it at the same wow. exact time. Wow. Well, you got lucky, okay? Just so you know, you got you, you must be in good with God, because that's very rare with that car. <laughs> I get it. Well, I, I my my lesson with that is drive your cars often, because when you let them sit, then they rot. So right, right. get them out. And actually, my daily driver now is a 1974 Alfa Romeo Giulia Super. So, you know, uh, if you've got collector cars, don't be afraid to use them on a daily basis. Well, that is funny. I mean, you definitely have some interesting taste in cars. I have a picture of a 928 that I had. I used to own a wrecking yard. So when people wonder, Mm -hmm. you know, why I'm such a weird guy is because... I started my life as a just a car enthusiast working on cars. I was an artist. I was doing airbrushing on cars. I lived on the beach and I'm doing waves and seagulls and palm trees and then I had to learn how to clear coat over the the airbrush and then I started having to, you know, paint cars cuz I'm the guy now that knows how to paint with clear. It's pretty easy. 
anyway, and then I started painting cars, and then you know I, I moved to Oregon from Southern California, and there was a wrecking yard that was uh, the guy was getting thrown in jail for drug trafficking, and the next <laughs> thing you know, I'm 24 years old, and I go up there and I bought this wrecking yard. You ready for this for five grand? And the reason wow. why I said to the guy, I go, hey, I saw you. You're going to jail, and he says, yeah. He goes, I'm out on bail, and I go, what are you gonna do with all these cars? And he says, we're going to crush them out. I go, well, what will you get for all the crush for all these cars? He says, I don't know, probably five grand. I literally had five grand in my pocket. I reached in my pocket, cash, and I pulled it out. I go, will you take five grand without crushing them all? And he goes, are you offering to buy everything? I said, you're damn right. I bought a wrecking yard right on the spot. Don't go anywhere. I'll talk more on the other side about the collector part exchange with Chris Bright. Don't go anywhere. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Well, you're listening to The Drive, an old wrecking yard owner I am. That's right. When I was 24 years old, I bought a wrecking yard. And uh, it changed my life. I mean, one of the most fun things in my life was owning that wrecking yard at a young age and having to learn how to do business. And today, because of that, I think because of that, I work with Entrepreneur Magazine and do a radio show for them, too. It's called Entrepreneur Weekly. And uh, I think in life... I was meant to be an entrepreneur in the car business because I put my passion for cars with my passion for business, and all of a sudden, you got a car guy like me and like Chris Bright, who's our guest, co-founder of the CollectorPartExchange.com on the web, Collector Part Exchange, which, okay, Chris, I want to stay on my wrecking yard story because I remember in 19, oh my gosh, this is going to really date me. Around 1986, 85, 86 sometime, they started having computerized wrecking yards that would computerize the inventory. So it's kind of brilliant that they have a computer program. This is like when you had Pong on your computer. That's how far back it goes. Mm -hmm. But it would dismantle the car. In other words, you bring a car in. You mentioned an Alfa Romeo. You bring an Alfa Romeo in. And you, you mark on a on kind of an exploded view of the car the damaged areas, okay? So the car was hit on the front left corner. And what happened was the computer then would inventory everything else in the car. You'd put the serial number in so it knew all the stuff, whether it had air conditioning or not, because the serial number tells all that. I don't know if you remember All Data. There was a program called All Data. And I don't even know if they're still in business, but this was like how mechanics found information out about cars. So they put this all together, and then they they were able to dismantle a car, tell you all the good parts you had that were sellable by telling the, the computer what you had that was damaged. And then everything else is obviously for sale. So I have to imagine that here we go. We're talking about the 80s. 35 years later, you are now doing Collector Part Exchange, 
and you told me you're in the tech business. I have to imagine that you're using a lot of tech in this collector part exchange, which I happen to love. I did this many years ago. I sold it. I made, uh, you know, like a hundred times my money. <laughs> so that started my life, right? But it also gave me the ability to buy the cars that I always dreamed of and then to be able to, you know, do other things. I owned wrecking yards and car lots and body shops. I was a car dealer. I did all these things because of that one deal and because of the computerization of the dismantling industry. Now, I know I'm going to have to take another break in a minute, but I want you to get started. <laughs> I tell you, I'm such a talker. I don't even need a guest, but <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> but I want you to get started on what you guys do at Collector Part Exchange and how it's done. I want the meat of it. Sure. Well, what we're trying to do is help people find parts for their collector cars because it's really easy to buy cars online right, right now right. Uh, through dealers and auctions like Bring a Trailer right. and all the other sites that Auto Hunter, like you mentioned earlier. Right. Anyhow, buying parts is not that easy, frankly. It's really hard to find hard to find parts, rare parts, new old stock, all of those things. So. When I was looking for a new business to, to kind of put my interest into, I thought, wow, there's this whole layer of the collector car hobby that is really underserved, in need of an upgrade. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you were talking about when you were running your salvage yard, the whole layer of the part supply business is really underappreciated, in yeah. my opinion. Oh, these these people are the backbone of the collector car hobby. They're the ones who really keep the cars on the road. Oh, they love, keep the I love you. I love you. You are 100% right. Finally, I, I meet somebody that understands me. He just said that I'm the backbone <laughs> of the... Because <laughs> I'm just an old junkyard owner, but I loved it. And American Pickers, the guys from American Pickers the other day, they found some what you called new old stock, NOS, new old stock Volkswagen fenders. You know, you can buy aftermarket Volkswagen fenders for like $29. He paid $250. You know why? They were 1957 new, brand new old stock fenders. Hell yes, they're worth more. This is why our collector car industry is taking off. Guys like Chris Bright. We're going to take another break and hear more about this. CollectorPartExchange.com. If you're working on one, get a hold of these guys. We'll be right back. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback will make you fall in love with its state-of-the-art safety features, a spacious and comfortable interior, and convenient amenities, all ready for any adventure. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus up to 33 miles per gallon, 8.7 inches of ground clearance, X-Mode with hill descent control, and a direct-injected turbocharged Subaru Boxer engine will make you love every adventure in your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo model. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models. Well, you're listening to The Drive, and our show is brought to you in part by Autotempest.com. And I, I've got kind of a new little thing for you guys to do. If you're looking for your next dream car, check out Autotempest.com. Uh, they make searching for your next car super easy. No longer need to spend all the time on the individual car sites. And I can name a couple. Cars.com, True Car, Carvana, 
all these different kinds. And uh, But they bring all those listings, plus they even link you to Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, na- Craigslist nationwide. So they offer uh, alerts and all kinds of stuff that you'll receive in your email so that when you're looking for your car, they'll help you find it. Uh, what I want you to do is, uh, of course, it's all the cars, one search. Check out autotempest.com slash the drive. That's me. Uh, so, you that you know, they that, that way they know who sent you. Um, autotempest.com slash the drive. It's really cool. And uh, my, my newest friend, my junkyard dog buddy, Chris Bright, is on the line. <laughs> Chris, I got to tell you, I am thrilled for you because uh, you are 100% right. You said it. This collector car marketplace is underserved, and you have a few that are doing a decent job at it, but you have laser-focused in. Why did you call it exchange, though? I'm curious. It's called collector yeah, car part well, exchange. It, what we have is a, a marketplace, so we don't carry inventory. What we do are invite a lot of suppliers who are already well-known in the industry ah. who list their items on our marketplace or individuals. So I don't know about you, Alan, but whenever you get a new car, you usually have a box of parts sitting in the back of the oh, trunk yeah. that comes along with it, exactly. or you swap some things out. And at the end of the day, you end up with a bunch of remnant parts that you think you're going to use, but you never really do. So we're also available to individual owners who have a bunch of items laying around who just want them to go to a better home rather than putting them in the dumpster. So it really is meant to be an exchange where you can come on, list your parts, whether you're a professional or or just an individual, and sell them to other like-minded people in the car community. So if you're looking for something, a rare part, a hard-to-find part, you can look on, on the site, and hopefully you can find it. And if you can't, we've got a a box that you can click called Part Ping, and you can put a search out into the entire supplier community to see who's got it and if you can actually find it or not. I love this. I absolutely love this because you can't inventory all those things because I know that. I had five acres of wrecked cars, and we at one point – at one point, we're like going to have to start stacking them three high. Two high is, is already bad. You take the rollover cars and you put the cars that are in better condition on top of the rollover cars. And then, of course, you can't let anybody in there to pick their own parts because the car could fall on them. But guess what? Like you just said, and I have many of those boxes. Every time I get a car, it comes with, oh yeah, we bought this Borla exhaust for it and we didn't put it on. Or we put a Borla exhaust on and here's these brand new GT500 uh, mufflers that we've always had and never been used. Believe me, I'm going to give you 50 real stories like that that are actually categorized on pallet racks like Costco. In my shop, I had to build to house all that crap. Boy, we need to talk. <laughs> all right. I'm coming down to your shop. Yeah. And we're going to hang out for a weekend for with some sure. beer and get all those parts sold. Oh, my gosh. I've got brand new intercoolers because I, I bought a, a Ford one time and we did a Banks intercooler, Banks upgrade system. So I got a brand new intercooler for a diesel F-350 in the box. 
Yes, you are now going to be my best friend because the BMW 2002 that my son has, we have leftover parts there from that. Go. I have a kid that lives over here that has the same Alfa Romeo that you do, the little, what was it called, the little Julieta? Julia Super. Julia Super. He's got one of the, I don't know if it's a Super, but he's got so many parts, I think he's got like a whole car worth of extra parts, so I'm going to tell him about mm-hmm. it. we got to tell the world about this. this is brilliant. Turn the old Thanks. junk in your garage into big money with uh, collectorpartexchange.com on the web. And um, so how much do you guys get to make on this? That's my question. Well, I'm going to tell you, it costs nothing to list a part, and our commission is 5%. Uh, We're trying to keep it really accessible, low barrier to entry. We want people to to get out there and do this and not have a reason not to. And for 5%, we think that's beyond fair. And one of the things that I'm really adamant about is I hate when you go to like, you know, I'll say rhymes with Chile, eBay. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, they, uh, when you search for something, you get a bunch of crap in front of it. You get a bunch of license plate holders and things like that. Sponsored items. I don't want any of that stuff on our site. We want to keep it just clean. So when you Put in a search, you get exactly what you're looking for. So, yes, not a whole bunch of extra garbage. I love that, yeah. man. Congratulations, now, Everybody's trying to make make money, you know, in every which way, but, you know, the right way. So, yep. you know, hey, we're just trying to keep it simple. You, you know list what? your parts for free. You can do it on your smartphone. And when they sell, we get 5%, and then there's a credit card charge, but that's, well, that's you know, normal, kind of like the cost of the you world. You know what? I'll tell you what. What's good about this is it feels clean, and that's what you're talking about. It's a nice, mm-hmm. clean exchange. I think 5% is too cheap. I'm going to have to uh, – we'll be business partners. I'm going to raise that to 10%. So you guys won't like me near as much as you like Chris, Chris Bright. <laughs> this is such a bargain, man. 5%? I don't know how he's going to make money. Oh, well. Uh, CollectorPartExchange.com Chris, thank you very much Uh, This is called I Feel Good With with Chris, I feel good, I feel clean I'm going to start listing my parts today Chris, thank you very much Alright, great, thanks for having me CollectorPartExchange.com Coming up next, Stephen Cole Smith will talk about motorsports Stay with us Stay tuned, there's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Well, so it is time now for my dear friend Stephen Cole Smith to be on the show with us. He is our motorsports um, expert. He is he is the, I would say he is the hobby, uh, he's the expert for the hobby because he works for so many of the great magazines and so many people know his name. And if you don't, get familiar with it. Stephen Cole Smith, Auto Week, Automobile Magazine, Grassroots Motorsports. Um, I don't even know, Car and Driver? I mean, I don't, I don't even know how many I could even name out there, Steve, but thank you for being with us. Man, I, I'm, like I said, I'm a prostitute. You pay me, I'll write for you. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, gosh. So um, some sad news in the motorsporting world, but I mean, in, in the world, we're all experiencing some loss in one way or another. Some people, it's their business because the economy is down. Some people, it's family members because of the insanity of COVID. In my case, you know, I lost both my parents in, uh, um, let's see, March and April, 90 and 93 years old. And loss sucks, man. It really does. And I know, you know, you lost a wife a while back. And I mean, listen, we all have to deal with loss every day in our lives. And we got to learn how to come to grips with it. But it just doesn't seem to stop. And now we've got, you know, wars in Afghanistan and all these crazy things. But we've lost a friend in the motorsporting world in Robin Miller. Now, I knew Robin for years, but I'm sure, I am sure that you know him a lot better. Maybe you could talk about it. I wish I knew Robin better than I did, Alan, because the stories that he told never ran out. You know, if you wanted to find Robin Miller in the press room, you would ask somebody where he is, and they would say, he's that scruffy-looking guy at the end of the table down there. <laughs> uh, Robin usually had a baseball cap on, maybe some kind of a sweatshirt pair of blue jeans and that's as dressed up as he got he had no use for a suit unless it was a fire suit <laughs> um and this guy this guy was old school i mean you remember you're you've been around long enough to remember chris economaki oh yeah the uh national <laughs> speed sport guy he yeah, was absolutely. in the same vein and i'll tell you how i define those people if you go to a race like on a saturday afternoon at daytona and you go to a race Saturday night that you don't have to go to at, uh, say, Volusia County Speedway, you're in that class of people that are true racing fans. Right. That you're not just there to make money. You're there to enjoy the sport, too. And I tell you, that's shorter and shorter is the list of people who want to go to races at night. I, mean, I think that's kind of sad, but... Robin Miller was one of them. He knew as much about short track racing and sprint car racing as he did about IndyCar, and he was the guru on IndyCar for Racer oh, yeah. Magazine and Racer.com. Yeah. So besides that, he was just a funny guy. He was just a funny, friendly, open guy that, you know, he was the life of the table. If you sat down at a dinner table with Robin Miller, you knew you were going to have a good time. <laughs> I feel that way with you, by the way, just so you know. And I, I'm I amazed. Yeah, well, we have a lot of fun. I'm amazed that you just popped a little bubble in my mind. Do you know who used to do the motorsports for my show before I started working with you, which has been many years now? Chris Economaki. And then his okay, daughter, Chris. his daughter after him. Wow. Yeah, that's Those how... Big shoes. I, would, <laughs> I would take this job more seriously if I'd known that. I... I can't believe I haven't even thought of him in years, but it's like you just went boom. You exploded my thought bubble of so many great <laughs> conversations with that guy. What an animal he was, you know, loved he him. Yeah. He was a guy who not only would finish a race during the daytime, like a NASCAR race, he would not go to one or two tracks. He'd go to three or four <laughs> tracks. If he could do that at night, he would do 45 minutes here shake hands, tell everybody to buy National Speed Sport News, then he's gone to the next one. And I tell you, I have a lot of respect for the guy. I managed to 
do a Lamont trip with him not long before he died and sitting uh, on the, the back of the Molson Strait eating, uh, what do they have, beignets or whatever those French things are, <laughs> right. with Chris Economaki at 3 in the morning is a, a memory that I will oh never my forget. gosh. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, sadly, Robin Miller is gone. He is such a, a great color commentator. He was a joy. to. I've interviewed him a number of times. He's been on the show a number of times. Not near enough in the last decade, I can tell you. And maybe that's because I always had my favorite Stephen Cole Smith on the show. But Robin Miller was a great guy. He was such a, a mainstay of IndyCar races. And, in, you know, for me, I, I didn't go to the Indy 500 this year, last year, the year before. I haven't been for a number of years now. But And I didn't miss it for, gosh, I don't know, 20 years but it's just kind of on its, you know, kind of, I don't know, everything is on its back legs right now, kind of figure out what's going to be next. And um, so it's, but this is part of the changing of the guard. You know what I mean? Part of losing Chris Economy and Mackie now, you know, Robin Miller and whoever's going to be next after that. You said you had another friend that had lost a wife. Maybe you could uh, give her a moment. Yeah, one of our uh, colleagues, a guy named Bruce Smith, living out in uh, the Portland area. If you're a truck fan, you've probably read Bruce's stuff in all kinds of magazines and websites. He's been around forever. He used to work for me when I was the editor of of uh, Auto World magazine, he lost his wife, and having been through that, as you mentioned, two and a half years ago, I, I have a lot of sympathy for him. But like you said, Alan, it's the changing of the guard, and I don't like it. Yeah, I know. I don't like it either. I don't like it either. And the sad thing is, I can see what's next. You know, this whole electric car thing, and Mario Andretti called it, I mean, five years ago. He said, you know, soon... It won't be the, the driver that is the winner of the race. It's going to be the software engineer and developer because the cars will right. be running around with no driver. They'll be electric cars. And when, it, when Mario Andretti said that at the Road and Track dinner, everybody looked at him like he was a Martian, but he was right. And I knew he was right. Oh, it's so sad. Well, it's so sad for anybody to lose any loved one. But, you know, when our, our hobby, we like to take a moment and just uh, say a word of, you know, Godspeed to those who have lost somebody. And, and we're all not far from that because the time somehow seems to be speeding up, you know. Um, hey, I'm closer than you are, pal. <laughs> I know, right? I know. But I love you. I want you to know that. I, 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 I just love this guy. And we're going to come back on the other side and we're going to talk more about motorsporting and world and what's going on and uh, tonight saturday night we do this show it's saturday night nascar at daytona we'll talk to steve about that right after this it is the drive stay tuned there's more of the drive with alan taylor why should you trust brimbo brakes because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking.
Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Uh, I have been talking about this company, Autotempest.com, and uh, it is really, truly amazing. All the cars, one search. You don't have to go anymore to, you know, Carvana, TrueCar, Cars.com. It even searches Facebook Marketplace nationwide and Craigslist. Uh, go to Autotempest.com slash The Drive. That's me. And um, that way they'll know where you're coming from. We're on about 100 radio stations. They want to, where are people coming from? We want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Stephen Cole Smith joining us. Uh, Steve, uh, tonight, Saturday night, uh, under the lights, Daytona, NASCAR. What is going on? Pretty important race. It's the 63rd annual Coke Zero Sugar 400. You know, if you want to know the absolute proper name for it, and NASCAR <laughs> loves it when you mention it at least one time. Right. This is the last race of the season. And by season, I mean we go into the playoffs after this. They start at Darlington next week. So if you haven't won a race or if there's not 16 winners, you have 16 cars total, and the bottom position is taken care of by – points and it's amazing how many people have not won a race which automatically qualifies you for that denny hamlin he's in second place in the points so he's going to make it but he hasn't won a race all season kevin harvick hasn't won a race i think he won what six or seven last year it's just kind of like these guys forgot to win but they're still doing okay harvick looks like he's going to make the cut but you know, if you've got a guy like Eric Amarola who won a race, but he's 23rd in points, but he's still going to be in the top 16 because he won the race, I don't think anybody's expecting him to win, but guys like that are just glad to be in the playoffs. I love it when you say he forgot to win. I hate it when I forget to win. Dang it. I forgot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I forgot from birth, and it's never come to me. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta just finish that laugh. That's a belly laugh right there. I forgot from yeah. birth. Which way out of here? Which way out of this uterus? <laughs> Not that way. Not that way, you dumbass. Oh my gosh, that's funny. And oh, downhill God. since then, my friend. <laughs> oh gosh. All right, we got about three minutes left in this segment. Any other motorsporting news that you can think of? I'm just curious. Not a lot. We're not seeing any IndyCar until September. They're trying to get the schedule through before football really gets <laughs> going. So there'll be three races back-to-back -back in September. Joseph Newgarden, of course, is on top right now and won the last race, I believe. He's won uh, uh, how many races has he won? That's funny. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> <I'm> Next <just laughs> week, we'll have the answer to Joseph Newgarden's We're still but, uh, thinking about anyway, it. I forgot to well. win Pedro from birth. Will Power, Scott McLaughlin, all those guys are fast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who cares? I can't. Who cares? <laughs> I just can't stop thinking about that. Now, so you talked about the Coke Zero 100. Is that what it's called? Zero, zero Sugar 400. Oh, okay. Well, because I thought, you know, it's so funny. We've talked about this in joke. It be the, it's been the Coke 400 forever, so oh, okay. it's still... The Coke 400. Well, they just wanted to clarify because it used to be called the Coke Zero Teeth 400. 
Now, so they're like, no, no, no more sugar. It doesn't rot your teeth near as bad. Now it rots your liver. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry, Coca-Cola. I didn't mean that. Oh, yes, I did. Anyway, so uh, what about drag racing? Anything in the NHRA? Yeah, John Force. I mean, 71 years old, won last week. Oh, my gosh. Uh, no, he didn't win last week. He won the week before, yep. and Brittany won that week, too. That's awesome. Uh, in uh, Top Fuel. Uh, 71, he's won, I think, 152 races. God. I don't even know who's second. Bob Glidden, maybe with 100, something like that. That's amazing. But, uh, it's it's really astounding. I've got a story in Haggerty Magazine ah. coming out on John Force. And, uh, you know, I asked Robert Hyde, his uh, teammate, you know, how does a 71-year-old man do this? And he says, well, the longer you're in the car, the more it slows down. And I said, what do you mean? He says, everything inside the car that seems to move at absolutely lightning speed slows down a little bit after you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Like you can press this button, you can push this valve, you can do that. Right, right. And uh, he said, that's what's the case with John. And I said, well, I'm, you know, pushing 71. Can you teach me? And he said, <laughs> well, theoretically, yes, but, you know, no, we can't teach you because well. you're terrible you're, you're a terrible driver um, but here's the thing see it's an overnight success a 40 or 50 year overnight success right exactly yeah. the first win came at i think age 36 oh wow there you go well so i i heard a great story the other night picasso was at a restaurant and a lady saw him and she took her uh, napkin over to him and she says, oh, could you just sketch something? Just sketch something for me. So he sketches a little something for her on her napkin and he hands it to her. He says, that'll be $30,000. She says, what? You just, it was just took 30 seconds. And he says, yeah, he says, uh, just took 30 seconds, 30 years, overnight success, 30 seconds, right? I'm Picasso. Same kind of a scenario, right? We'll take a little break, come back and talk it, some more. Stephen Cole Smith, you can find him, I guess, now at Haggerty, too. Haggerty and yep. Auto Week and Automobile and everywhere else you can find the guy. He's out there. All right. This Always is the pleasure, drive. Buddy. Thank you. Don't Thank go anywhere. You, you got one more segment. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Don't you go anywhere. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Listening to the drive all across America and around the world, talking about cars, motorsports, the automotive hobby. Uh, our show is brought to you in part by the Collector Car Network, which is uh, well now owned by Barrett Jackson. Which, by the way, Barrett Jackson will be coming up in Houston mid-September, right around the corner. Check it out, BarrettJackson.com. Uh, Collector Car Network has Cars.com, AutoHunter.com, and the uh, ClassicCars.com Journal. So uh, thanks for uh, sponsoring the show, ClassicCars.com. Like working with them. 
Stephen Cole Smith is still on the line joining us, and he's been, you know, he's also an automotive journalist, and he test drives cars and things. And I'm just curious, Steve, a lot of scuttlebutt still about the Bronco. There's been some recalls on it already. I even saw a guy that, you know, he had one, the the big trade show called SEMA, the Specialty Equipment Market Association trade show that's coming up in November. He had one ordered, the new Bronco, and he was supposed to be able to have it by now so he could go ahead and build it out and take it to the trade show and show whatever wares he has. But before it's even been delivered, there's already a recall on the top. So he's like, does anybody have any idea what I can do? And I'm like, oh, boy, he's screwed. But you have driven the Bronco, and I, I want to talk to everybody that drives it because we come in all shapes and sizes. Big, tall guys like Brian, a buddy of ours, uh, Brian Armstead, he's six foot nine. And then you've got uh, little Jill that's like four foot nine. You know, and, and then you and I are five foot fat. So we, we sit the, in these things differently. <laughs> so how did you like the new uh, Bronco? We drive, we drive from the back seat, practically. Yeah, just about. That's right. How did you like it? I liked it. And uh, fortunately, after I drove the Bronco, I had a uh, Jeep Wrangler Rubicon the next week which is the absolute mortal enemy of the Bronco. Right. And I tell you, Alan, I think the Bronco, being a slightly newer vehicle just by a couple of years, has got some really nice things. It kind of wanders a little bit when it's on the highway, mm. probably more of a, fact, a function of the tires than anything else. But the ride is good. It's excellent off-road. It's pretty comfortable. It's pretty quiet. That was one of the big surprises is just how quiet the Bronco is. Huh. They've done a really good job with it. They're going to sell everyone they make, I have a feeling. Yeah, I feel the same way. I am not quite yet stuck on the look of it. I need to see one in the wild. Now, you've driven one, so you saw it on the wild. And everybody yeah. has to make their own mind up on the looks of these things. But when I see pictures of it, I'm like, yeah, I can't quite tell yet. So for me, the jury's going to be out till I put my butt in the seat and drive that thing and stand back and look at it like a piece of art. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I saw a Santa Cruz. I have not driven the Santa Cruz yet, but I saw one uh, yesterday in the drive-in, the new uh, Hyundai. And uh, I like that thing a lot. Now, this is, the yeah, the new pickup truck, everybody, coming from Hyundai. It's kind of a, maybe a Honda Ridgeline takeoff kind of a thing like that. Would that make sense? Yeah, the bed is quite a bit smaller even than a Ridgeline. Uh. The whole vehicle is quite a bit smaller. It's more like a Subaru Brat or the Subaru Baja. Baja, right. It is uh, right. anything bigger. Oh, okay. Well, again, we're having more and more choices all the time. BJ, you know, our friend BJ Colleen earlier in the show talked about Absolutely. She, she drove the Lightning and she is blown away by the electric F-150 called Lightning. She yeah. couldn't find enough words to say how awesome it was. The, the torque, she said the torque was off the hook and the smooth ride and just all of it. The consumers have more choices than ever and better choices and safer. And so really, people need to get out and if they could go out and test drive these things, but you can't find them to test drive them. There's another problem. I know Ford is Ford is doubling lightning production, and uh, yeah. they're still not going to be able to meet demand. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, brother. Thank you very much. Uh, where do you want to send people? I know you're doing stuff with Haggerty now, and I think McKeel is killing it. McKeel Haggerty and 
Larry Webster and all the friends of ours and you now working with Haggerty. Uh, yeah, those guys are uh, those guys are great. Yeah, uh, I've got a couple of stores coming up on Car and Driver and uh, uh, .com, and uh, got some Auto Week stuff coming up. So okay. just keep an eye on that and grassrootsmotorsports.com too. Okay, a good site. There you go. His name is Stephen Cole Smith. Watch for his writings. He's enjoyable to to read. He puts his personality and a lot of knowledge and some snark in there, as you can tell. Steve, thank you, sir. Best of luck to you in, uh, in your endeavors. I hope you get out to the racetrack tonight out in Daytona. All right. We'll do it. Thank you, man. Thank you, sir. That's about it for me this weekend. Hey, go out there and have some fun. I don't care what they say. Enjoy your life, damn it. See you next week. When you think Subaru, you think love. The 2021 Subaru Outback gives you state-of-the-art active safety technology for extra confidence on every drive. You can count on the roomy comfort and impressive cargo space, standard raised roof rails with enhanced tie-down points, and Subaru Starlink Multimedia with an 11.6-inch high-resolution touchscreen to wrap your experience with love for your Outback. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for 2021 Subaru Outback non-turbo models. Actual mileage may vary. Turbocharged engine, 11.6-inch touchscreen available on select models.